Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, and I am still in Asia. Uh, this time, though, we're coming at you from Thailand, uh, Bangkok to be exact. And so, um, not unexpectedly, I had to hunt down anybody pouring rum drinks and tropical drinks. And so tonight, I'm spending the evening with Sebastian de la Cruz from Tropic City. Yeah, thank you for, for coming and pay a visit, man. Man, this is, uh, we've, well, we've already been several drinks in, but I made sure to warn you I, I couldn't do another Beach Bumberry episode. That was, it was pretty bad. No, no knowledge gained from that one. But, uh, <laughs> a good story, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we have one good story, so that's always, uh, I, I guess, one plus. <laughs> and, uh, the other, the downside of it is I have to always live with that being on permanent record. <laughs> <laughs> So, man, I wanted to stop by because um, we've been chatting a little bit before we sat down tonight, but, I mean, it, it, this is Bangkok, man. So, I mean, you are not necessarily a tiki bar. Uh, it's a tropical bar. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, I love tiki. I have a huge respect for tiki drinks. I think a lot of our drinks are very tiki-inspired, like the techniques are very tiki because we respect the craft of tiki cocktails, but at the end of the day, we want to do something that... We would be comfortable doing, you know, and uh, ended up being tropical. So anything around the equator that we like, we just put it in. Sure. So anybody that's listening right now can probably very quickly realize that you don't have a Thai accent. <laughs> <laughs> true, true that. Uh, I'm, I'm from Sweden, from Stockholm. Okay, right uh, on. My dad is from Chile, hence the Latin American... Uh, yeah, De La Cruz is not quite a Swedish last no, name. I, I, I don't presume, I mean, Swedish. I don't know, no, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, so uh, Chilean, my mom is half French, half Swedish. Uh, born and raised in Stockholm, though. Lived there all my life. Uh, lived there all my life before moving here to Thailand. Really? So you just took the jump from Stockholm straight to, to Thailand? Yeah, exactly. How old were you when you did that? Um... So I've been here five years, just turned oh, 32, wow. so 27, yeah. Wow. 27 years so old. So what, what, what prompted that jump? I, I never worked abroad, and I was doing quite well in Stockholm, but I, I felt like if, if I want to try to work abroad, it's, this, is like, this is time to do it. I applied for a job in Japan. Uh, I got it, but the owners didn't get the license to, to build the place in Japan. So they asked me to come to Bangkok instead. So I said, yeah, why not? Oh, I'm wow, Bangkok, for, the, yeah. for the same people. For the same people, exactly. So. And that, what was that place? Uncle. Uh, it was a small speakeasy bar. One of the first here in Bangkok, actually. So the, the group owned a very, very successful uh, coffee bar called Rocket, like super trendy and hipster at that time. People were, like, were queuing to get coffee, which is crazy. Uh, they had a restaurant and this speakeasy bar. Uh, and they asked me to take care, take care of the beverage program for, for the whole group. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's how I ran across you because as I was looking for like all the bars I was going to hit while I was in the city, I ran across your name and um, yeah, there were some comments. It was like, hey, you had moved on and, and I didn't know where you had moved on to. Um, but we have mutual friends, obviously, in the business. And, yeah, um, always shout, easier that way. Yeah, shout out to Martin Kate. And Martin's going to be back on the show again here soon. So, um, you know. We're going to be talking about Steve Crane here, so anybody listening to this episode, <laughs> make sure you subscribe and all that fun stuff and marketing crap that I never really mentioned. But, but yeah, so like that's how I ended up here at your place, and I love like the vibe here. But like, so how did you get into this? Were you bartending already in Stockholm? Yeah, exactly. So I've been bartending for almost ten years in Stockholm before moving. Uh, I, at the beginning, I think like the first five years was only uh, part-time. I was studying at university, in university. Everything changed once I, I just traveled to New York and I, I visited the best bars in the world and, and that said like, oh, this is, this is really what I want to New York did it, huh? Yeah, it got me. New York what was the me. bar? Was there one bar that uh, just like, where you're like... It was two actually, Def & Company and, and Club Club. Oh, right. Well, yeah. that's... Dude. Two pretty badass places to be influenced yeah, like, by. Yeah, oh, like, dude, it was like, oh shit, this is what I want to do. Moved back, like, uh, came back to to, uh, to Stockholm and uh, quit university, and yeah, wanted to get a, like a full time gig, and I was offered a job at the only tiki bar in Stockholm. I really didn't know much about tiki, and once like I I 
I started, I discovered something that I was like, dude, why, why isn't any, anybody in Sweden or Stockholm bring this forward? Because this is so great. Like all these uh, secret recipes and the story behind, the, the history behind Tiki. Um, and you're a, yeah. you're a big Don the Beachcomber fan. Yes. I am, I am, I am. Uh, I love his swag, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even even I think like the best tiki drink ever made is still Mai Tai, so shout out to Trader Vic. But the swag that Don the Beachcomber and the balls of opening in Hollywood, you know, the whole story, like yeah, sure, yeah. man. I I'm I can really like I try to relate to to. Uh, what he did in Hollywood and bring that here in Bangkok. I mean, we have a lot of celebrities here as mm -hmm. well. Like, and the way he uh, seemed to, I don't know exactly, but the way he seems to, the hospitality he gave, it's something that I've been trying to copy. I mean, so it's wild that you went from like Sweden to Bangkok at like 27 years old, you know? <laughs> like that blows my mind. I, 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 I think I was still just high from like, 18 years old when I was 27. I certainly wasn't chasing a, a career at that point. And I kind of fell backwards into it before I took it seriously. But so you ended up in, in Bangkok, and we were talking about this a little earlier because we often find that um, you said you were surprised that you know nobody had really done that there, which it makes sense because it's escapism, and that makes sense in Stockholm and and here. In Thailand, you know, it's you know, it's kind of hard to explain, especially to a lot of the local people. Yeah, um, man, it, it's been, the first year I tried to explain tiki because okay, so in Sweden I was known as the tiki guy. Uh, as I told, like nobody was doing tiki and, and rum, so I I decided to be the guy, like oh the rum guy, the, the crazy, always walking with the Hawaii shirts, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, being super. I don't laid know back. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was known uh, as a tiki guy, and I wanted to bring bring that here to Bangkok as well because that that was my craft. That was like my expertise was rum and, and tiki drinks. But I, I struggled a lot in the beginning because nobody nobody understood what I was trying to 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 preach. They were, they saw bamboo and tropical fruit and. We've been doing this for years here. No, it's not the same. Right. But people who who traveled a lot and like some people knew, a lot of the American crowd, like, oh shit, there's a guy doing tiki drinks in Bangkok. Yeah. That, that helped out a lot. So do you think that's been a lot of the, I mean, of your client base? Because I've been sitting in here for a little while and I've seen a pretty good mix of, crowd, of the uh, people in the crowd, but I see primarily Thai people coming through here. And we, I just sat at the bar with a gentleman that was Thai and, we talked a little bit about the Inferno Room, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, it, the the evolution of craft cocktails here in Bangkok the last five years has been is crazy. Like, it, it's done a huge jump. Like, yeah, the last time I was here was seven years ago, and there was not a craft cocktail scene. Like, exactly. At all. It was like uh, when I came here first. It was five just years all Kaosan, and you're like exactly, getting, exactly. Like, still getting tequila sunrises. Like, what? They still make these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? No, no. So it was like for me coming here traveling back in time five years. I remember the, the, the biggest struggle I had at the beginning was limes, because here they have very different limes. Oh, right, yeah. Smaller, much harsher, more... more yeah, very bitter. Very bitter limes. I, I tried to explain, no, oh, but this is not the limes. We, we need to have, like, we need to, to find the, the sweeter limes. And it took a couple of years, but now we got farmers to grow the, the type of limes we, we call limes. You know, like that took three years before we could. So you're actually working with some of the farmers to grow citrus I, for you. I, I couldn't say per se that thanks to me, but I, I I talk with a lot of people who knew farmers, and I think the the demand of better limes made farmer aware that okay, we need sure. to grow. Well, especially with the craft cocktail boom, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I hit, uh, what, three places in the last, you know, 12 hours, and um, I'm trying to document some of it on Instagram so I can remember where I was, and, and also kind of promote the scene here, because um, as I was talking with uh, Nick's over at Asia Today um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was like, you know, it's, it's still a struggle here to try to get everybody, you know, to come off the money, and I think, you know, it's the same thing we all went through 10 years ago, 12 years ago trying to get anybody to pay more than $4 for a cocktail. You exactly. Know? Convince them they, it is worth 10 And everybody, and uh, same with tourists, a lot of people have this perception that Thailand is cheap and we're going to drink cheap booze and cheap drinks, but 
one thing like the taxation on alcohol here is super high. So to make high-end cocktails, it's quite expensive. Like we people and people, but people start to understand and appreciate the value of actually pay, paying money for for quality drinks. And uh, I, I think we have a lot of uh, uh, we like Singapore helps out a lot. Like the because sure. the scene in Singapore grew so fast and got so much international exposure. A lot of uh, Thai bartenders got to travel to Singapore because it's so close, and uh, they saw what was what happening there and, and brought it back home to, to Thailand. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is there's a really big opportunity, you know, for the explosive growth here in Bangkok because there's still some affordable spaces, but there's also where the trick is a little bit, right? Of like the affordable spaces aren't where. It's like Tropic City, for example, is still a, is still a destination, you know, like, it's not like you walk by, I mean, we're, we're on a small alley yeah. in a very, very local Thai area, so it's like you don't walk by by, by, by mistake. Like, sure. When you come to Tropic City, you're coming for a purpose, to come to Tropic City. Yeah, know? even my, uh, my grab driver was like, are you sure this is where you're going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, man. And so, but the ingredients, so we started down that, that path, but on the other side of that, you know, you're talking about the limes and there being an issue of getting that, but what you do have is an insane Beautiful amount, tropic, yeah. like coconuts, bananas, guava, pineapple. Like the best tropical fruits you can imagine. And that was also my, like, I, I couldn't understand why people put more effort into, to highlight these ingredients because I think Thai, the, lo the local scene was afraid if they did something tropical, it would, it would seem as like, oh, this is not exotic enough, weird enough, you know, right. you, you, you know what I mean? It's like, so uh, doing a tropical bar just made sense. You know, it's been my dream, my partner's dream as well. And then being able to do it with the ingredients we have here, it's, it's just, such a bless. And I, and I think we've talked about it in previous episodes, especially while we were in Singapore, or while I was in Singapore, but I, I can't remember if we did or not, but I, I feel like there's this tendency, particularly if you're outside of a major market, right? Like New York or San Francisco or London, excuse me, or Tokyo, that you know, you're always trying to like look to another city to try to emulate what they're doing. Uh, and it takes a while to kind of like shed that and, and embrace your own thing. And, and what I've seen a lot here in Bangkok, at least up until this point where now I, it's really breaking open, but you know, it's definitely still um, part of Asia where it's a, a Johnny Walker and soda kind of, of town. Of course, it's you hard. And one thing to, you have to take in consideration, especially in Thailand, Thailand is the only country in Southeast Asia that hasn't been colonized. So it's very deep and like it's still very hard to break Thai Thai um, customs and uh, like the Thai way is the highway. Like you don't you don't mess with that, you know. Like mm -hmm. so uh, to break through a Thai and start them like convince them to drink something else than than whiskey and soda. It's it's hard, you know. Like. Yeah, and a lot of the comments I get, and just from my family, you know, because half my family's Thai, <laughs> so that's why I'm here, um, is that like, oh my God, the drinks are just so so strong. But I mean, you know, this is kind of the standard everywhere else. But when I go out to the bars with my brother-in-law or or family, you know, the the tendency is just you. It's bottle service, right? You buy the bottle of Johnny Walker, yeah. you get the soda, and you just kind of make the drink how you like it. And more often than not, they're making them quite quite weak, you know, mostly soda and very little bit of whiskey, um, and it can last you all night, and whereas, you know, when you're making a drink, you know, this this is no fooling on the, you know, no, like, man, like I believe in honest drinking, you know, like, yeah. so our drinks are quite potent, but they, the funny thing is they, they don't, like, it's a ticket ring, so like, you taste, you don't really taste the alcohol, you take, taste all these exotic flavors, but then you, you get full because they're so strong. But that's also the charm with Tropic City, is because people get super drunk here and they get loose <laughs> and they get them be themselves. We have a lot of celebrities here that they love this place because they can be themselves. I think another part of that is it's tricky though of trying to get people to um, embrace not only the cocktail culture and like the strength of the drinks, but I mean you're serving 
ingredients that are quite familiar to the people in, in the region of Southeast Asia. You know, I mean, I've, I've been out for the last few weeks, and I'm like every 20 minutes, I'm like get, grabbing a guava juice, coconut juice. You know, so I mean, what seems like escapism to me in Indianapolis or the U.S. You know, isn't quite escapist here. You know, um, we exactly. joked around about that a little bit. I think. Um, I hopefully on the air maybe uh, when I when I talked with um, with with VJ in Singapore and 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 Junior the the bar Junior said that it was a Singaporean uh, escapism you know because it's all cold weather escapism and you know so same deal right like I mean because you know Tiki's built on this this uh, kind of pillar of escapism but you you I mean it's an escape to where we are you know like that's what we're building the fantasy in the U.S of building the escape to where we are here, where you and, live. Yeah, and for me it was the same, you know, like uh, growing up growing up in Sweden, you know, and fucking cold weather, you know. Right, yeah, right, you're living <laughs> and there. I, 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 I dreamt about living somewhere with palm trees. That was my, my dream. Like, I never, it took me 20 years before I saw palm trees for, for the first time. So. Yeah, that's so, like, cool, man. Yeah, that's actually, so, exactly. I didn't I, think about that, right? I like, didn't think about it either, you know, but that, like, that was my, my dream, like palm trees. Is. And that's probably why I opened up a tropical cocktail bar. I don't know. In the middle of, of Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> you went complete 180. You're like, fuck exactly. this. So, well, I mean, talk about a little bit about that. Like, I mean, growing up in Sweden, you know, that you said you became the tiki guy and the rum guy there. But, I mean, how did that even happen? Because that's had to have been a strange little pocket as well. Because I, I always think of tiki as this, you know, not not uniquely American, but it's like jazz. I mean, it came out of the U.S., you know? And um, because of the right place, right time, right prohibition, you had Down the Beach, Comer, it came back. It just, you know, a lot of pieces fell into it at the right time. But I always kind of liken it to when I go to other countries and I see speakeasies, because it's kind of strange to me because we had speakeasies in the U.S. For a reason. Because, you know, you couldn't drink anywhere else. It was illegal. And so when I went to Amsterdam and, you know, we drank at Door 74, I was like... It's cool, like the hidden hidden bar speakeasy, but I'm like, like, how does that play with you know uh, a country that never had prohibition? So I, mean, I guess kind of the same. The same. Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. I think I think like how I end up with like tiki was randomly. So uh, the tiki room at the time was opened by by two very big ticking almost like religion for some people you know like oh uh, it's completely like religion yeah. for a lot of people and then they they, they wanted to and like as there was nobody doing that in Sweden either so they were like the first doing that and the rockabilly culture is quite big in Sweden yeah. so okay I think a really? lot yeah yeah it's a lot, yeah I mean I'm only familiar with the <laughs> Swedish metal scene so you know <laughs> Which is primarily, well, it's not quite in Stockholm. You just got to go a little bit yeah, further yeah, yeah, southwest yeah, yeah. of Gothenburg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I worked at the Tiki Room, there was a lot of rockabilly people. Too. I think that helped, uh, helped out a lot. And that makes sense. I mean, you, you said you also DJ as well. So, like, in addition to owning this place, you were actually, like, kind of got side gigs as well. Exactly. Were, were you like, doing that while you were in Sweden? No, but being, like, in the industry for so long time and always ha having a big passion for music. Like it was actually when I t decided to be a bartender or learn bartending was like, okay, either I'm learning bartending or, or, or DJing. So I was like, mm, fix it. I decided doing bartending, but it was always on my back. Like, oh, I want to learn DJing sometime, like one day. And then just being around so many DJs for, throughout the years, like giving me the confidence to finally do it. Especially when you open your own place, it's right. easier, right? So, yeah. You have more freedom. And, you can do whatever the hell you want. I saw the tables in the back. Yeah. <laughs> And then it just like kicked off. So now, yeah, it's, it's it, it, I'm in a good place right now because I get to do a lot of stuff I really like to do, like both uh, operating this bar that I love and and uh, doing drinks when I want to do when I want to do drinks, but also the DJing. So it's, uh, How often are you behind the bar now? Um, maybe once a week. Yeah. yeah. So not too much. Not too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. You know. Like, I, I was never really a bartender. Like, you know, I've got a good palate and I work, but, you know, I work my ass off, but I, you don't want me in the well, man. Not unless you want all the tickets hanging down exactly. the Exactly. No, I, I, I love some nights. I, I really want to have that feeling, you know, like just doing drinks all night, you know, but 
I've been doing drinks for so many years, so I, I always like I need something new in my life, and I'm so happy I found DJing. Like, so when you do DJ, what kind of music are you DJing? Are you are you doing uh, a lot of disco at the moment? Okay. Yeah, All disco right. and um, disco house. A lot of like eighties synth music. Like, yeah, really. Italian disco is coming big, like back. So. It's not very tiki or related, but it yeah. works very well in, in this bar. All this because there's a lot of Miami vibes uh, feeling in this bar as well. So. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, again, I know we mentioned it at the top of the episode, but for folks listening out there, like, I mean, this is not a tiki bar. This is a tropical bar. And as I go in, though, <coughs> excuse me, as I walked into the bar, it felt very much like like a Caribbean stopover, you know? Like I was in some town in, in Jamaica, or I, I think I told you Martinique. You know, oh, yeah, it felt like that. Like, I mean, the walls are hand-painted. There's no wallpaper. The ceiling is hand-painted. There's like old maps. Like, I mean, it feels like kind of French colonial Caribbean. Yeah, and, and with like, some neon uh, Miami Vice feeling on yeah, top of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a little bit of the pink neon, you know, all that, and they, they kind of lends that, that ambient uh, light to it, but I really take the vibe in here because I've seen this like kind of tropical bar concept done over and over and over and over again. And I, I very often see it done very poorly, <laughs> you know, and like to, to find it here in the middle of Bangkok is, is pretty wild because yeah, you're, you're, you're throwing a lot of these things um, at a culture that maybe didn't really grow up with them like we did. You exactly, know? exactly. So. And so, you know, as people are coming through, I mean, how, how are people hearing about you? Like, word of mouth? A lot like of word of mouth. Like, and, and it's strange because it's a lot of word, word, word of mouth internationally. We have people from San Francisco, like, so how did you hear about us? Oh, no, like, one of my friends were here, and he said, oh, you're going to Bangkok, you have to go to Tropic City, you know? And they ha and, and that's that, cool, man. That's right? crazy, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it's, it makes you so happy, you know? Like, it's like, because... What differences us from other bars here in Bangkok is like we, we, we're not from Bangkok, so we, we wanted to open a very international bar at the end, you know, like, right. that works for everybody. Having a lot of respect for the community as well, but still, it has to be a bar that would work in, in any country. Mm -hmm. uh, so hearing that people from all around the world talking about our bar and recommending our bar, that's just crazy, you know, it's... And, and at not even two years old as well. Yeah. I remember the first time we had somebody come over from, like, out of state, you know? Like, we were tripping out because it was like, what? Wow, like, you, you drove, like, hours to see us? This is crazy. We're making cocktails you could get anywhere. But, I mean, I guess the reality of it is that not necessarily, you know, especially with Tiki. Yeah. Um, and so, but you, there's a reason, though that people are finding you internationally. I mean, you have made the lists, right? You know, yeah, so. that, that's true. I mean, we've, oh, we've been working you, hard. We can list some of the accolades, right? Yes. You're on the, what, top 50? Top, top 50 Asia. We made uh, uh, top uh, 50 uh, best bar in the world, but in the 50 to 100 list. Yeah. The list sure. hasn't come out yet, so we don't know what position. Um, oh, wait, are we supposed to talk about this yet? Uh, no, it's all right. It's, it's coming out next week. So it's, oh, okay. okay. Uh, we made that. I mean, so... And that, I mean, that was a big, we're big surprise. We top 100 bars in the world. It's a, yeah, it's that's a crazy. big planet, man. I mean, seven... we didn't expect that. Yeah. So that means that people from all around the world actually appreciate the bar. Right, because that's voted on by your peers. Exactly. Right? Exactly. exactly, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> There's new new people running it, so yeah, it's it's cool the way that they um, do the judging on all that, you know, and 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 make sure that you you travel around and all the judges are, you know, again, I, I I've heard, yeah, I've you heard these mean, are the requirements. You have to have visited the bar to be able to vote for it. And bar. within, I think, 18 months, I believe, exactly. is That's, that's what the, the weird, um, weirdest thing, right? So Because, again, you know, a bar could go from, like, amazing to shit in, in two years. Exactly, so. yeah. You know, like, man, again, I, I, I'd heard about some previous places that you had worked, and one of the comments that I had seen online when I was trying to figure out where I was going to go drink was like, well, Sebastian's not here anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, like, don't bother going anymore because the team that was going was doing it, that killed it, is gone. So, and uh, you always have to take that in consideration. Like, it's all like, it's the team that makes the bar. Sure. Not the owner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like a Michelin star chef leaves the kitchen. I mean, exactly, you know, yeah. it, the restaurant still might be there, but yeah. the, the chef's not. Exactly. So, so, so I mean, what, as far as when you, what do you see 
growth-wise as far as the Bangkok cocktail scene because I'm just starting to scratch the surface here. You're, you live here. Yeah, I mean... Or do you consider yourself like a... Like yeah, I'm a, a big like yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, uh, last time I, uh, I was Can you home, drive here? I have a motorbike. Yeah, I have a motorbike. I you think know? that's even worse, man. That's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I always tell people that, that have never been to Thailand, um, you don't want to drive here because it's insanely dangerous. You don't want to walk here because it's insanely dangerous and the most dangerous thing you could possibly do would be to ride a motorbike. Uh, here in the city is less uh, dangerous because there's so much traffic. Sure. You drive very, very slow. Right. Yeah, uh, but everybody's weaving in and out of... Uh, yeah. It took me one year before I, I attempted driving a bike. So yeah, man. There's you, a lot, need, you need that one year before you... There are a lot of deaths here <laughs> still, though. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the traffic is... It really is wild. I, I, I've never seen any... I thought I could, like, understand... Well, two things about Bangkok. Before I came here, the first time, what, less... Or about 10 years ago, um, I had been to several countries, and I thought I could understand street food, and I thought I could understand insane traffic <laughs> from going to, like, Paris and Rome and all that, and then and it's street food as well from going into, like, large markets in Europe, and then you get to, to Bangkok, and you're like... Shit, man! I didn't um, really know anything about anything. And that's what I love with Bangkok. It's uh, it's messy, but it works somehow. I love being here. Like last time I was back home in Sweden, was uh, actually uh, a month ago, and and that's when I realized like, oh, Bangkok is home. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So after 27 years of living in Sweden, like it's this is this yeah. is it for you now? Yeah. You, you think you're gonna stay here for the rest of your life now? Uh, I will always call this home somehow. So okay. maybe, I, I, maybe I won't be living here most of my time, but I think this will always be home somehow. Well, if you can drive here, I think it's officially <laughs> home because I, I, it, it really is. I mean, I, I sat in traffic, I think, the very first night again, and it's been seven years, and I, I forget. And the traffic has definitely gotten worse in the last seven years. There's so much more development around uh, the BTS, the, uh, the course, rails. Yeah. So Much because of that reason, I'm starting to see a lot more condos going up, which means more traffic. There's a lot more migrant workers than I remembered last time coming from in from Burma. So that's more people living here. And so like, I just think the traffic has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And yeah, we're just sitting in traffic and like, just you know, inches away, we're driving past everybody yeah, I mean, on, on their, on their to, motorbikes. You have to... Uh, you have to have a death wish to drive here. No, no, I mean, but I, like you have to build your schedule around the traffic, which is weird. Sure. Like, because you you can't take certain certain meetings at some areas at certain times because like oh I, I won't make it in time or like. Oh wow. Yeah. It's, That's interesting. Yeah, I, when I plan my trip over here to like have drinks with you tonight, like I'm staying in Sabanquai, so it's it's a little bit of a trek for me to get down here and. Um, if I would have come here, I think I looked it up at like three o'clock on like Google Maps to see how long it was going to take, and it was going to tell me like an hour and a half. Yeah. I um, but like at this time of night, it took me like twenty-five minutes. Yes. Yeah, we ran a little into a little bit of construction traffic, yeah, but and this time it's like fifty minutes wherever you go. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is the middle of the weekday too, so that's nice. You know, those weekends get pretty rough, but. Yeah, actually, actually, the weekends are much more people. People don't because people. We're not drive to work here, which doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. So Saturdays, Sundays are actually much quieter. Like, really? Yeah, driving wise. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So this place is almost two years old, and we also found out that we shared the same opening date, the Inferno Room opening on September 11th. But we we're a year old, and you you guys are two years old, which is pretty far out. The so funny thing is, uh, yeah, I seven years old, uh, seven years ago. Uh, one of my mentors opened up his bar, uh, a great bar in Stockholm called uh, Shoget. I think it's ranked 25th best bar in the world. And he was, he was just, he was 29 when he opened that bar. And I said, damn, I want to open up my bar before I turn 30. So that was my goal. And we, we opened up Tropic City. Like the first day of operation was. Uh, four, day, four days before my 30th birthday. So. Wow. Yeah, well, that was crazy as well. Well, congratulations, man. <laughs> I, was, I was 32 before we opened our first place. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's the next 10 years go real fast, I'll tell you that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a bit worried. It was too fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before you know it, you're going to have a lot more gray hair than you have right now, brother. <laughs> so, like, as far as the cocktail scene here growing, I mean, what are you seeing? 
I, I know I'm asking you to look into the future and speak for the whole cocktail community here, but, you know, it, it seems to be there's a handful of places. When I ask anyone, you know, uh, that's familiar with the scene in Asia, like whether they're based in Bangkok or Singapore or Hong Kong or Tokyo, and I say, hey, I'm going to be in Bangkok, where should I go? I get the same list of, like, you know, 10 exactly. places. Exactly, and I wish, I wish uh, people uh, stopped concentrating too much on... On, on, on lists and and on, on, on the drinks itself. I, I wish people would go more to bars that offer something else, like a crazy good ambience. Like I was in Hong Kong not too long ago and I discovered, I, I went with a friend who is not from, from the cocktail industry, but she took me to so many great bars I had no idea about because none of them was, was aiming to, to get into to a list or, you know. Like, sure. And that is such a, you know, so much fresh air when you get to places that you don't know about, you haven't heard about. When it. you said so, that earlier, that you know you've got all these great like drinks on the menu, but that you were not trying to be a great cocktail bar. You're trying to be no, a, no, no. a fun place to be. Of course, like we, we you know, yeah, we of course we, we take a lot of pride on our drinks and our craft. So of course we want to deliver sure. high-end cocktails, but at the same time the ambience is as much important for Tropic City. You know, like. The music side, and and that's what I want to see uh, the Bangkok scene grow. I mean, I went to Taipei uh, two weeks ago, and one of the questions they asked me, what what can you recommend uh, Taipei bartenders? And it's the same for for Taipei and here in Bangkok. I would like don't I think oh, it's this day is not hard to make good drinks, uh, but it's hard to make something like a 360. Uh, environment where you have good drinks, uh, good atmosphere, good music, good hospitality. That, that's the biggest challenge. So try to look a little bit outside the box, you know, try to do some cross-branding with something that has nothing to do with the hospitality scene, like include fashion, include music, like that's why I'm so happy in DJ at, uh, right now because I, I get to meet so many people that aren't in, in, the, in the hospitality scene. It's, you can take so much inspiration from from that as well, you know. When you also talked about, um, you know, the kind of getting overly serious and overly deep about um, kind of building those drinks and with with ingredients that you know um, that you crave, right? So we we talked about some of the like ultra high end places in like London or New York or Singapore, where like. They're really amazing drinks, but is it something that you want to go back exactly. to, you know, over and over again? Because you just served me one of the best fucking pina coladas I think I've ever had in my life. And to be quite honest, and I didn't say this until just now, like, I'm not a huge fan of pina coladas. Um, but that is a drink that I would come back for over and over and over and over again. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Thanks a lot. It, it was very well made, man. So, like, I mean, but that, that kind of exemplifies... You know your point of like you know trying to create those drinks that people obsess over, because you know if you've got a drink that's you know like oh I've got a you know kefir lime tincture here and this and exactly. then we've also I mean, infused this with you know as I said people get to concentrate on the drinks itself, stick stick to basics use quality ingredients, learn how to balance your drinks that that takes you such a long way, and then I mean just create a good environment people will crave. Without knowing they're craving the drink itself, but they're also craving the atmosphere where mm. you drink the drink. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I could see how that like that pina colada totally ties itself into this place. Exactly. Like I, I every time I come back here, the first <laughs> drink I'm because I typically would uh, come into a tropical bar and I'm gonna order a mai tai if it's available, of course. And um, that's what I had with you earlier. But now it would it would be reset. I would be getting the pina colada. You know. Um, <laughs> But again, and you know, Pina Colada defines Tropic City very well. It has all these elements that that is how very. So? I mean, it has the the Puerto Rican vibe, the Miami vibes, uh, Miami vibes has the Caribbean vibes. Like, and uh, the in Thailand you have the best coconuts and the best pineapples. Yeah. So it's it's everything in one package in one drink. It really is. And a, it's an escape for a lot of people from my generation. They grew up like oh, Pina Colada. Something that heard about and they never had a good pina colada. Right, yeah, you get the slushy like, exactly. beach resort. And then, and then they come here, you know, and they can drink a good pina colada. And it's like, oh shit, I want to go to Tropic City and drink a pina colada. That's a damn fucking good pina colada. And that's your one of your favorite drinks. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
Yeah. You said so, that you had like a couple of like. Yeah, your, the, your, the your, Mai Tai, of course. I think this is perfect. It's almost the most perfect drink ever made. Um, it's all about the orja, man. It's true, orja. Yeah. I mean, the rooms, the rooms I, everything's it, er, yeah. everything. The balance of the everything. The balance of everything, of course. But like, I mean, you could have everything else totally perfect. Yeah, but, but the man, that orja sucks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why I obsess about it. I, I mean, every time I look through a tiki menu, I'm like, I, I yeah. see orja. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna order that drink. But yeah, so I always say I don't have any favorite drink. I, I love pina coladas. I love mai tais and pisco sours. So that's like depending on the mood I am. That's what I go for. A pisco sour, that's interesting that that's like at the top of the list. Yeah, I think it's my chili, Chilean roots. Like yeah? I have, to have something that represents, you know, like. So what kind of pisco do you drink? I, I okay. <laughs> for me, of course, like the, the most traditional pisco. Pisco is from Peru, but what I like with Chilean pisco is that they're allowed to play a, a little bit more around it. You know, they, they're allowed to age it. So it's a little bit more fun with Chilean pisco. And I, I really like the Muscatel grape. So it's a little bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. Not as dry as uh, most of the Peruvian pisco, so I really like Chilean pisco. Yeah, it's not because I'm, I'm Chilean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is funny. We haven't really done uh, an episode about pisco um, up to this point. We we touched on it briefly uh, with Brother Cleve because he works for Machu Pisco, uh, but we mostly just talked about fucking music and tiki. So you know, <laughs> as we do. Um, so as, as this scene grows, man, like, do you see, like, this blossoming into a full tiki bar? Or are you going to, like, want to keep it kind of the tropical no, vibe? No, like, I have so much respect for tiki. So, like, it wouldn't be able to... I don't think really... I don't know, it's quite expensive to do, to do a it is. tiki bar, you know? I can like, vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Tropic City is, like, a, a mirror of me and, and my partner, so... I have huge respect for tiki. I love the the craft behind the tiki drinks, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not a full-on tiki guy sure. with uh, with um, some elements. It's just not me, you know. Like, but I have so much respect for some elements, and I just make a ma mess out of it. So it's tiki. It's uh, <laughs> tropical. You have everything that I like in this bar. So. No, I mean I really do love the, the vibe here because it's it's tropical bar done well. And I've seen it just done really poorly in, in a lot of cases. And this is what, like, the kind of place that, you know, I imagine when you hear, like, Floridita, which I've never been to the Floridita, so I, don't, I have no idea what it's like. But, you know, but this if, is like, if, 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 if in the future people put Tropic City in the same sentence as Floridita, then, then, <laughs> the then I don't mind, you know? Like, I'm a, I can't. <laughs> you won the game at that point, man. <laughs> So, what do people need to know when they come in here, man? Like, I mean, how do they find you? Like, because this is Bangkok, and a lot of our listeners are outside of Asia, or definitely outside of Thailand. Um, we don't, I, I, we have some listenership here in the city, but um, I don't think a large portion of them. So, if, so, if a foreigner is coming in, and they're landing, and they, how do they hunt you down? Like, I, Just Google Tropic City. It's, it's not that difficult to find. I mean, you found it. Yeah. Um, so, are, I, used, are, I used Grab, so, which is, uh, Grab, which uh, is uh, Uber. Asia's Uber. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have like our Instagram page is uh, very updated. Our, our Facebook, like all, all our social media, are quite up to date. Um, Although I did know, I did find out though when I signed up for Grab here um, in Singapore, I had no issue. But in Thailand, it, it you couldn't register a Grab account with a foreign number, um, and oh, really? so I had to get a local SIM card. Which again, it's you know. Yeah, fucking. But well, that's know, probably the best. Twenty-five bucks. So that's like, probably the best thing to do as well when you're in Bangkok. Just get a local SIM card with, with some roaming because it it will, ease your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made life much much easier yeah. because everybody here uses Line yeah, exactly. to communicate so, anyway. Like I don't I don't dial a regular number ever. I think I, we only, only use Facebook Messenger and Line and uh, WhatsApp these days anyway. So. Sure. So if somebody's coming in and they're staying, they're probably going to be staying in a couple of, uh, where are the hotels? The hotels are in, in Sukhumvit? Yeah, around, uh, if you live in Silom, which uh, a lot of hotels are in, they're quite close. But yeah, in Sukhumvit can be a lot of traffic. Try to come after after 8 o'clock, after 8.30. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys open seven days a week here? Uh, we close on Mondays. Close on Mondays. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, we need one, one day a break, you know, like, and you know, like, this, as I told you, the team makes Tropic City as well. Like, 
it's important to have some rest. You know, they work so quite hard. That's. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I noticed that the, the two bartenders that took care of me earlier were Thai. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have like half of the team are traveling at the moment. So we travel quite a lot these days. Uh, but yeah, so we have uh, one guy is in Australia, one guy is in Vietnam. My partner has a day off. Uh, the two other guys, they are actually half Thai, half British and half okay. Australian. So, okay. so it's a good mixture of very like, you have the, some Thai, Thai, very Thai staff and also very international staff. Because yeah. I've been talking with a few bartenders here locally and they've, they've said that, you know, that, like that's one of the big issues with the craft scene here is that um, you work really hard to train up some of the locals that hadn't maybe previously had experience with craft cocktails and then, and then they, they just get around, lifted. Yeah, yeah exactly. they just totally get lifted at, yeah. out to somebody that offers them double and, money. Uh, we, knew, we knew that would happen, so like we, we invest a lot of, in our staff. And then we, they've been super loyal. Like, so, That's awesome. So yeah, so we, we're a big family. Like they, we, um, I, we basically treat them as we wanted to be treated when we worked. You know, like, and so, uh, yeah. I wish I would, I, I would have been treated like this when I <laughs> But at the same time, I would have probably not made who I am today. So it's, it's yeah. I kind of like the old school as well. You know? I know, yeah, I, I kind of came up in that. I've got literal scars on my arms, you know, I mean, not in the bar scene, but like when I worked in kitchens when I was young, like scars, stuff that would get you sued and shut exactly, down today. Exactly. But like <laughs> now it's like, oh, I'm closing the oven on your arm if you don't yeah, get it out. <laughs> that's another thing. like. Um, in Europe, a lot of the bartenders uh, have done have worked nightclubs. Like that's part of the the bartender culture. Like, you know, you know how to to work speed and. But that's what I think is missing here. In, in, yeah. In, in Bangkok, there's not much. Like either you you start working in a craft cocktail bar from the beginning. But I wish some of the bartenders would have done one or two years of like big nightclubs where they they can put in, in different situation with like when you get so busy and you know you, know, you need to handle stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if that, that would work so well here if that would translate as well because the nightclub scene here is so exactly. based around bottle service. Exactly, so it's very <laughs> different from Europe. But like sometimes I just, I tell my, my staff stories like, oh, I remember when I was 20 and I had like three lanes, you know, like almost like the, the first scene of the, the, the when Tom Cruise does <laughs> yeah. his first ship, you know, like. <laughs> So yeah, <coughs> I wish I wish there was like a good mix of that here in in Thailand. As you said, but because the nightclub scene is so different. The world's changing, man. It, all the way across the board. I think we're all kind of like trying to figure out how to how to communicate with the younger generations. I'm sure every generation has to do this, right? Like and also, our parents' yeah, generation were exactly. like, "These are the laziest motherfuckers," and now we're sitting here talking about the next, you know. And it's so easy to get information these days. Like, yes, in, in my our, right. when when we grew up, like we had to get information from our mentors. Mm -hmm. They they were the one who taught you, you know. Like you couldn't they just Google stuff. But. Right. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I love the time that we live in because of that reason. But it also muddies the water a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you can Google. I, I just saw today something online, somebody saying, you know, they were looking for a Mai Tai recipe. Um, they didn't like the Don the Beachcomber Mai Tai, oh, um, yeah, which was a little bit confusing to me because I was like, okay, well, that's... He made one, but it's totally different. Right, and, yeah. and so that's that's how I read it initially, but then it said, I'm looking for the, the, the Hawaiian one with, like, Pineapple and orange juice yeah, and passion fruit and grenadine and it all that. It tastes like shit, to be honest. And it's like, well, that's not really the Mai Tai. So yeah. I think what the original poster meant was they weren't a big fan of the Trader Vic Mai Tai. But, you know, again, it's like there's this, there's so much out there and because the, the field's so muddied, right? There's there's a thousand voices. So you ask for a recommendation, like as I did, where do I go drink in Bangkok? I get a thousand answers now but you know again I, I saw the same 10 places pop up over and over yeah. and over and over and over again and you reached out to me man and we're like dude come by I'm like <laughs> hell yeah you're already on my list anyway <laughs> you know I was like where am I going to be able to get a zombie in, in, in Bangkok and I was like it's going to be here <laughs> yeah and we, we know how to make a real zombie so <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, as uh, we wind down here, I try to, if I can remember, um, ask all of our guests if you have any hangover cures, because especially now that we're, like, 
hanging out in Asia. Um, you know, I, I, we have a few answers from Singapore now, but uh, you have any? You have Dude, any more? man, like that's the million dollar million dollar question, right? Bro. Right. Like it, I feel it. <laughs> I just turned 32, and uh, like the hangover is worse and worse and worse. Oh, dude, I got bad news for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it doesn't improve in your 40s. No, but a lot of coke and water is very good. Coke and water. All coke right. So water. cocaine and water, folks. Coke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll yeah. wake you right up. Yeah, coconut water. That's oh, been yeah, that's yeah. been a popular but, uh, uh, answer. Yeah. Uh, I think cocaine and water works <laughs> yeah. even better. Uh, At least temporarily. Tomato juice. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I know. Blood, there's something with bloody bears, man. Like it's, it's not a joke. You feel like. You feel a little bit better. Well, the vodka helps. <laughs> yeah, <that's probably> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't uh, know. The tomato juice. To me, that's just like the last thing that I want to like put really? put yeah. on my tongue and when I'm over. I don't want to eat too it's much. It's just so thick and viscous. But I want something savory. Right. That's true. Yeah. Um, Dude, the fucking. All right. So I know. No, okay, I said I, we're gonna wrap up. Your fucking burger here. <laughs> That's ridiculous, dude. I could eat those like. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Little Market. We're having a, a pop up with a very uh, likable burger joint. Yeah, there was like two people called while I was sitting at the bar asking if you had the burgers still tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. That's cool. That, what I said, like teaming up with other brands that are like uh, thinking likewise, but. Yeah, that that's big plus, you know, like yeah, just do a lot of cross cross marketing and cross branding. That that helps. That's what I'm hearing a lot in the Asian market is that like you know everybody's helping each other out. Like yeah. when we were in Singapore, it was kind of the same situation. Like it, there was not really a competitiveness, even though a lot of those bars are almost right on top of each other. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that but you know you it's kind of like the rising tide lifts all boats. I, and you know Ronan Kilty said that you know on. Uh, couple weeks ago and I think that's right you know because with the city of what there's like 14 million people here I think something like yeah, that yeah like if you count all the illegal immigrants and there's like almost 50 million yeah, that's crazy. insane so like I mean for there to be like 20 craft cocktail bars that everybody knows about is insane there should be like hundreds yeah, of them yeah I mean them. there is and with that we don't know about because they're so local you know like right if you go to the outskirts of Bangkok there there are I've been to good cocktail bars but I mean they're so local and that's what I mean it's when I was in Hong Kong and I didn't I went to these bars that I didn't know about and they were so fucking cool so since you like you said you've been to some of these local joints like do you speak Thai? I I, I don't speak Thai I understand some yeah I speak taxi Thai but like yeah I can order taxis and <laughs> right. order food taxi and, Thai uh, that's a, that's yeah. We kind of say the same thing with in the U.S. Like kitchen Spanish. I mean, I, my Spanish is better than that just because I've used it for so many years. But yeah, like most of my staff speech kitchen Spanish. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they can, they can shoot the shit with the dishwashers and the and, exactly. the, line, and the line cooks and the chef. But beyond that, yeah, probably not. So that, that's wild that you can operate completely uh, in a, in a country that's. I mean, dude, and that's been one of the. Imagine opening opening your first business ever in a country where you, you can't read any legal documents. It's <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah it's right. crazy. So thank God we have, we have a pretty good pretty good lawyer. He's kind of a Burmese <laughs> I, better call. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a hustler, so yeah, that helps out a lot, you know, like Yeah, man, yeah. that's that's scary. Like it's amazing hearing that story though, because I just feel like, wow, I fucked up my life <laughs> like I could have done all this but I could have just moved to like Asia in my 20s and just like fuck it I'm gonna go for it I think both like I don't think I had the balls to do it man uh, both me and Philip my, my, my business partner we, we we had such a confidence in what we were going to open that like would work and like because it was something different from, from existing in Bangkok mm -hmm. and also we know that we're very quite likable in, in the city so like we we went all in, all in, and it, it paid uh, dividends. So I, I don't know the area that well where we're sitting here, but I, I do know that you have a lot more room in your bar than most places do. It feels spacious. It feels comfortable. The people here are obviously enjoying it. If uh, These microphones pick up everything in the background, including my, my drink that I just about knocked over. Um, and so, like, people listening to this episode have been able to hear, like, just the activity around us. It's constantly people have been shouting out your name, like, you're, you're, you're the guy, man. 
And so it's cool that you've like really developed a sense of community. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's all about being humble, you know, at the end of the day, like being super friendly. And I said to, to Philip, like, okay, we're gonna be friends with everybody in this town. So, I mean, we were good friends with like the celebrities, the high so we, I don't know. The, I know, the, high you society. Know, high, high society people. But with the local ties, uh, with the club, club kids, the DJs, like, just make sure that everybody has uh, something good to say about us. That, and we, we had that from the, that was like our thing, you know? And I think that helped out a lot, you know? Well, on that note, everyone coming to visit Bangkok, you have a home at Tropic City. Of course. You have a home with Sebastian. Um, and, and you're going to have some of the best cocktails um, in Asia, period. Um, we, I, we've, I've tasted through some off-menu stuff, some on-menu stuff. We drank some incredibly potent fire water. <laughs> <laughs> Big man's thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Your wife uh, brought that for me. She, yeah, you said yeah. she's from Tobago. No, my wife. She killed me if I say uh, she's my wife. Well, my girlfriend is from Trinidad, Tobago. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, she brought some fire water. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. Shout out for punching uh, Forest Park. That really, not 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 as uh, potent. Oh, no, it's definitely as potent. It's, it just didn't burn as much as I thought it might. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I can't yeah. wait to like thank check you. out some bars with like, you here in a little bit. True honor, man. Like, uh, it's it's cool to hook up. I mean, uh, like I said, Martin Kate. You know, I know he did his pop up here a few months ago, and so when I, I determined that we were going to be out here, I, I hit Martin up right Thanks, off the man. bat. So, yeah. hey, man. You know, until next time, well, hopefully we'll get you back on the show again. And if you're ever in the States, dude, look us uh, up, man. Of course, man. Uh, Cheers. And, uh, yeah, because honestly, you don't get to talk much about Tiki here in Asia. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's always fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? 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 You're wearing it. I know I'm wearing like a vintage 50s like Hawaiian shirt. And this is, I, I save, I reserve this shirt just to come visit you. Nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's time, time for, to drink some more rum. All right, cheers. Uh, cheers.